0: Bienvenido, bienvenue, and welcome to Samaritan Conversations.
1: And I just focused on the mental aspect and key things that like, and it was all about like, how do you think in the middle of a game? Like, how do you make decisions? Like, where should you be? Who should you pass to? And so if you came to my practice, you say, is this all you do? Like, my practices look like nothing, you know, and And so coaches would say, man, what are you doing with these guys? They're so good. And I said, I "I teach them to think, and I teach them to believe in each other. I said, that's it. Mm -hmm. I said, if you can think on a field and make good decisions and you believe in your teammate, I said, I can take any kid. And and then you put the right kid, and you were asking the question. You said, you took them on. So they were like family. And -hmm. so every kid to me, like I would check in with every kid, every practice, every game. Some kids had stuff going on at their houses, you know, their, their families with their parents or they were single parents or their dad was, one kid's dad was in prison and sometimes the kid would show up and he would be upset. And I know, I've known him for years and I'd say, Hey man, what's going on? And, you know, sometimes it would be hurt and, you, you know, I would check in and, and, and there was there's days that I would be helping, you know, 10 o'clock at night, helping the kid with a physics, physics project, you know, like, Hey coach, can you proofread my uh, English paper? So. When they saw that I cared about them, then, you know, they cared about each other and they cared about me. So I wasn't a yelling coach. We laughed all the time. And the guys would just respect me. And if, if they were the kind of kid that was um, very um, uh, egotistical or selfish, I didn't care how good they were. I was like, hey, man, he's, you know, that kid you brought to practice to try out, he's not going to fit on his team. I don't mm-hmm. care how good it. he could be. He could be the next messy but he can't play on my team because he doesn't fit with our team. He's going to be pass me the ball. Don't pass to him. You know, you know, you're a horrible player. I said, if we start to beat ourselves up now, we're down a man. Yeah. So, you know, like if a kid makes a mistake, then Hey, tell him that, you know, you know, next time, you know, let let it go. Let it go. So we would make mistakes. and Just keep playing. And, you know, so what I'm hoping is, is that I gave those guys um, a perspective that they can use in other areas of their lives. And we just talked about, you know, relationships, too. I'd say, you know, you got to treat the people in your family and in your world the way you want to be treated. You know, I said, if you take care of people, they'll take care of you. But if it's all about you, why does anybody want to be in a relationship with you? Why why would I want to play with a guy that only wants to score? And so that's why we led the league in scoring because I mean literally my defenders scored my whole You know everybody on my team. I had a goalie that scored a hat trick because I put him in the second half and He scored a hat trick So and now he's like one that he's playing for Concord. He's part of the Atlanta United farm system uh, yeah. He was younger and he's like the leading scorer in, in the league. They, they converted him into a score into a, a striker
0: Wow There's uh, one of my favorite sayings, I think it was from John Maxwell, or the first time I saw it was in a John Maxwell book, but he said, people don't care how much you know, until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And that I I came across that when I was much younger, but I've always kept that saying, because it's so true. It's like you, you know, no matter what your positional title might be, you know, people give you their most if they know you care for them, um, versus and it, your expertise.
1: And so even the new guys on the team, you know, they were just like, you know, I had a kid, uh, a Brazilian player and he's playing at, um, Old now. And he was like, coach, i never been on a team like this. He said, I would go to practice. I didn't know the phone numbers of the guys on the team. The coach didn't really talk to me. We didn't talk to each other. He said, we all hang out together. We still have a, a huge group chat. You know, and we, you know, we chit chat all the time, and guys will call me up and say, "Hey, coach, I got a question about money or life or relationships." And you know, many a night I'd stay late after practice, and you know, "Hey, coach, I'm not getting along with my dad. Let's talk about it." Okay. Well, what do you need? You know, like, or coach, can you be, you know, um, can you be my reference for a job? Hey, man, sure, I got you. And so. You know, um, they come and stay in my house and, you know, we'd have tournaments and, and have guys sleeping all over the house and uh, kicking my kids out, you know, or they go sleep in my kids' bedroom on uh, uh, sleeping bags. And, you know, we'd all, we'd all just hang out, man, like one big family. And, and we all call it La, La Familia. And mm-hmm. so uh, and uh, we, the nickname for our team uh, was the Trash Men because we were playing the fourth-ranked team in North Carolina uh, in our last season. And we were like the bad news bears, so we showed up, and this team was like really ranked high, and who were, know we, we were brand new to the league, and we were beating their pants off. And one of the moms in Spanish was like, you know, why are we losing to this trash? And one of my players was like running down the field, and he was like, Coach, um, she just called us trash, and we went in four one. <laughs> <laughs> he started laughing, so our nickname became uh, hombres. Uh, 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 de basura which is you know trash men, yeah and and so that was like our thing and we would go to tournaments and all these parents would be there and it would just be us because we were all crowded cr- uh, uh, cr- up into a couple of vans and in and, and three or four hotel rooms and it would be no parents here for us because my kids couldn't af- parents couldn't afford it and i'd say boys who are we playing for and they say each other coach and I was like let's whoop them you know let's send those parents home man because you know your parents can't be here So, yeah, it it was all about family and, you know, and I just love them. I I tell people I got 20-something sons, you know, on top of the two I have.
0: Talk a little bit about just Kellogg Partners. Okay,
1: so Kellogg Partners, uh, been around almost almost uh, 15, 16 years, going in 16 years, uh, left Jones Lang LaSalle and started a commercial real estate firm. Um, We do uh, office tenant representation, real estate strategy. We also do a lot of warehouse uh, industrial work. We buy, we we represent tenants looking for space. Uh, We're working with a PE-backed firm right now to downsize and improve their space, uh, given sort of the new COVID workplace and the fact that a lot of people are working from home. So they see this as an opportunity to, to redo their space and reduce their footprint and save some money um we do work with uh inbound companies from uh from uh, a lot of asian companies actually with georgia econ development and do work with invest atlanta and uh you know i'd say unlike um most commercial real estate brokers i'd say all of our business is word of mouth because we look out for the client first and you know we're known for telling clients what's in their best interest versus what's in our best interest from a commission standpoint. So we did a a project for the arthritis foundation a few years ago, their headquarters. And we sold it. We advised them to sell the building, which made sense. uh, And I could go into it, but it's pretty long. And they thought they needed about 40,000 square feet. And I told the CFO that, we think you only need about half of that. And she said, no, you're you, you're, you're nuts. So we brought in an architectural firm and uh, they said, you need about half of that. So we saved them $3 million on their uh, rental expense. And then we sold the building for $2 million above market. So we put about $5 million in the pocket. And so she looked at me and she said, you really cut your commission by a lot when you cut our space in, almost in half. And I said, yeah, she said, how much did that cost you? I said about 150k. I said, but that was in the best interest of you and your business, not in the best interest of me and my family. And she was like, "You have, you know, my undying gratitude. And if you need a reference or a testimonial, let me know." Mm-hmm. So we get tr- we we get a lot of clients be- um, from the state of Georgia because they know that we'll tell clients exactly what they need versus, you know, what's best for us. Yep. Yeah, that that's amazing in itself. Because as business people, uh, as business people, we want to make maximize our worth and the time and effort we put into things. So even in your business, you you you're taking on the uh, persona of a good Samaritan. You're you're putting other people's best interests before your own. So is is was this a part of your upbringing or? Did the switch come on at some point? Because uh, I, I know as children we're all born selfish because we we're, we don't come out like that. <laughs> so my mom, my mom, my mom who lived to be ninety eight and lived with us for twenty one years, um, just and she passed in twenty nineteen. She um, uh, she used to tease me. She was like, you know, Christmas Day you take all your toys outside and share them with all your friends. And all your toys get broken and all your friends still have brand new toys the next day. And she said, everything we got you is busted the same day, you know, you, <laughs> you know, she, like, you know, your friends are bringing their toys outside, but you do. So I don't know. I, I grew up, my parents were teachers and um, they were, they were, you know, I found out later uh, actually after my dad um, uh, had gotten a much older that he was out in the neighborhood, like, you know, he would take, uh, he'd go, you know, if you knew a kid didn't have a bicycle, he'd take one of my old bikes or go buy a bike from somebody and drop it off at somebody's house. He was delivering meals to people and he was actually a good Samaritan and he just didn't say much about it. And, um, you know, my grandfather was the principal of a all-black uh, K-12 for 60 years. And, you know, I, I would meet people in the in the town that I was born in and they would just say, you know, your grandfather wasn't just my teacher and my principal but you know if he saw me on the weekend smoking a cigarette you know I got a spanking uh, I got a spanking when I got home and then I got a spanking at school on Monday but that, <laughs> man, that man that man made sure that I technical school or college and he looked out for me out outside of just my my education so um yeah it's just kind of always been the way I've operated and and I, I'd say from an integrity standpoint, you know, I feel like, you know, like I said, most of our business is word of mouth. And so people will call me up and say, hey, you know, I hear that you take care of people and you, you look out for their best interests, you know, and, and then some days, like, I just help people out that has nothing to do with real estate. I'll help them with a job or a referral and and we just get referrals that way. So I I, I guess it's more of a golden rule for me. You know, I, I feel like if I if I put that into the world, it comes back.
0: Yeah, I think even from the very first time we met, I kind of saw that. Um, and I, I, it's we've known each other now for a few years. I can't even remember how we got together. <laughs> oh, actually, now no, it was through Ben. Uh, he kind of yeah. brought us together. And uh, just since then, I mean, you've got that servant leader's heart. And so, what it's funny. I was um, when I went into open, kind of the intro. I looked and there was a list of names that I had that I wanted to invite, and your name was up on the top of the list. <laughs> so it's, it's, I'm like, geez, you know, it just sort of it, it took a, a few episodes, but you were on the top of my list from from the get go. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no worries, man. I'm, I'm I'm glad to be a part of it, and the fact that you guys are focusing on, you know, serving leaders and good Samaritans, man. I think I think I think we need that right now in, in the world and in the U S uh, of people um, looking for ways to, you know, not just help themselves, but help others. Because, you know, you, you can't, I, 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 I would tell my players, I would say the quality of your life is a quality of the people in it and the relationships you have with those people. So if you have people that aren't up to things in your life, or if you, you have bad relationships that are, you know, all sort of like me, 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 I was like, your, your quality of life is going to be horrible. I said, but if you have good friends, good family, and I I got some, I got some buddies that, you know, if something happened to me and i made a phone call, they would be on planes, trains, and buses and bicycles and skateboards to get here and, you know, like make sure, you know, their boy was okay. So, you know, I, I, I talked to my boys about like guys, like, like, have strong relationships. And then, and I would also tell them, it, it, one of the things I also loved about my team is that if they were going to be late or miss practice, they would call and say, coach, I'm going to be late. I didn't ask them to. they say, I'm going to miss practice or I have a test tonight. That's the only reason they would miss. And I'd say, they'd say, I have a paper or a test. I need to study. Hey, man, don't come to practice. We're good. And most pre- coaches make you practice four days a week and they want you there every night. i say, no, nah, we're good. Don't come. And so we we were really kind of loosey goosey. And then we would get in the game and people would say, Why are you guys so good? And I was like, hey man, we don't I don't run, I never ran them. Any of that. It, it was all the mental part.
0: Wow. Okay. Right. I might have done better uh in soccer well, I, if you were my coach.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may have been one of those guys that have said, nah, he doesn't fit on the team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man i was i was gonna i did note that uh you know a lot of the extra winning and coming in in the ranking scheme after i started to coach the coach but uh i won't take credit for that (laughs) 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 all right so um so typically we kind of ask people, you know, to sort of, um, but this question becomes irrelevant with you. We usually ask people just to sort of reflect on, um, you know, how the Good Samaritan, what makes them a Good Samaritan or just sort of um, Good Samaritans in their life. So if you can maybe just shed some light, since we already know you're a Good Samaritan, there's no point in asking you about you know, what defines that for you, but maybe share if there's some other people in your life who were that good Samaritan to you and, and, and you know, planted seeds that so led you a, to do the.
1: When I was, um, in high school, I was, you know, uh, a really good student trying to figure out, you know, I, I decided I wanted to be an engineer. Um, um, my dad was like, at least you, you know, you can be an engineer. If you don't like, you can always, you can always cook hamburgers. <laughs> and there was an, there was an African-American engineer, which in, in out West Texas in the oil patch was very few. His name is Cedric. And I, I think it's I can't remember his last name. I, I think I, I know what it is, but I'd love to find him. But he took me under his wing as a mentor. And, you know, and he just kind of schooled me on, you know, like like being involved in organizations and, and things to think about going to college. And he helped. He was uh, one of my references. Uh, um, you know, going uh, recommend he wrote recommendation letters for me, and really talked to me about leadership. And he was somebody I looked up to, and um, you know, and he encouraged me to take on leadership. And I remember asking him why he did it, and he just said somebody did it for me. I want you to do it for somebody when you grow up. And so, and that's why I keep telling my boys do this for somebody when you guys get older. You know, find some young people. And and, and and be accountable to them. And that's what I was trying to get at earlier about my boys showing up, is that they were accountable to one another and to me. And you don't find that a lot, you know, in people where they're yep. accountable. Yep. And they would just be like, coach, I, I'm really sorry, I can't make this or I can't do this. And, you know, and I, man, that was, to me, I thought, okay, I've done something right. When seven, 16, 17, 18-year-old boys unbidden they're calling up and saying hey coach i just want to let you know mm. you know i'm going to be 10 minutes late mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow yeah wow you know so so for me it was it was all about you know uh uh in, the, in the, the, the the i created that nonprofit because for a while we didn't have a field and we were just sort of playing in open fields and it you know and bandit fields and we had no lights so people would turn on their headlights and stuff and it was e- I was able to get a, sc- uh, a middle school feel, which you know didn't have goals, didn't have lights, had a bunch of holes in it, and and had goose droppings all over. it, But it was our feel, and it was easier to rent it as a nonprofit than as a, a as a uh, just an uh, individual. And yep. so, called uh, Youth Engagement Soccer Opportunity. I still have that nonprofit, and. Um, you know, so it, it was really about like I and I told the boys, I said, I said, guys, I don't make any money coaching you guys. I said, This is about your futures. So I'm here making, you know, making this investment in you guys. I need you guys to to work hard in school. I need you to, to work hard on the field so we can get you into college. And and I I, I can't believe how many guys are in college and are thriving now. Hmm.
0: Wow. That that's just an amazing um amazing experience. And I, I know we'll continue to pay forward to you and to others who their lives touch. Um, you kind of mentioned how you, you're you still doing some of the, you know, reviewing resumes, doing, um, you know, counseling and, and everything else, I guess. Are you at a point, obviously, you've built the relationships with with these kids, so the one-on-one relationship mean something but are you ever in a position where you need some extra help with some other people helping because you know we all have you know day jobs if you will well
1: so that that's actually a great question because um I never had an assistant coach until my last season and now I don't understand how I did it you know how I did everything I did you know picking up kids the paperwork you know literally I'm Wrapping a kid's ankle, or, or you know, like uh, trying to get a cramp out in the middle of the game, you know, just, yeah. and I, I don't know how I did it. And so I, I, I tend to take on too much. So, it, you know, if anybody hears this and they say, hey, you know, I'd love to help mentor young men, I'm always looking, you know, for that. I just don't think about asking anybody. Um, and, um, you know, like you know, help. You know, I might say I got a, a young man who's studying X, and he's looking for a summer internship. So, you know, it, I'd love to be able to put that into a network and get these. You know, and they're great; they're just great kids. You know, yeah. awesome. And just and, and, and I'll tell you, man. Like one of my players, when we I took him, to, we went to Raleigh. and I took him to North. We went to University of North Carolina, and we got on the campus, and he pulls me aside and he says. Coach, can I ask you a question? And I was like, what's up? He says, where are we? I said, we're at University of North Carolina. He said, but what is this? I said, what do you mean? He said, I said, this is a university, a college. This is what we've been talking about. He said, coach, has only been a concept to me. Like, I've never seen a, co- I've never been on a college. You know, I, I, he said, like, he didn't know what he didn't know. No one in his family yeah. had ever been. And that kid was like, coach, and he wasn't a good student. 'Cause he didn't see any future beyond high school, so why even apply himself? He's now playing college soccer. And I, and he was just like, Coach, this is cool. I think I want to go to college. And, and and to see the light bulb go off on his head. Yeah. And so now that I got him in college, I gotta make sure that they stay in college, that they excel in college, and then when they have you know internships and get out and get, you know, and, 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 and get into a career, so that they can then be examples to their families and to their friends, and, and then pass it on. So anybody with that, I'm all for it.
0: Thank you so much, James. This was a pleasure, and uh, thanks for all you do, and uh, hopefully look forward to hearing many, many more good news about all of your boys. I'm sure they're going to make us proud.
1: Yeah. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Take care.